Welcome to the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am Allison Katzkowski, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in to check out exactly what we're talking about. Self-care means so many things to people. It's one of the reasons I decided to start this show. And you'll hear self-care discussed from a number of different angles in this space. I am grateful to have you with me, and I hope you get a lot out of what I'm going to share with you today. Hey, everybody, it's Allison Katzkowski. Thank you again for tuning in this week to The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am your host, and as always, I am grateful for your presence and for your support. So I'm really excited about my guest today, and I know you probably hear me say that every week um, because I'd have the opportunity to talk to some pretty amazing people on my show. But today I'm talking to Dawn Kuko. Um, She is based in England. And she's a nutritional therapist, a weight loss coach, and a best-selling author. But what I really liked about her message is, is that she not only talks about intuitive eating, but she really has her own spin on it. Because I think intuitive eating is one of those subjects that just means so many things to people. And I feel like if we have a really specific angle that we can find that works for us out of that, I think it's a much more solid strategy for us to follow. So I'm really, I'm excited to get into this uh, with Dawn today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me on your your show, Alison. I'm really pleased to be here. Absolutely. So, okay. So before we get into all the goods, please share with my audience, like you and I were talking before we got on the air, but I would just love for my audience to hear a little bit about your story, about how you came to do what you're doing now. Okay, so for me, I actually have my own history around eating. So maybe that'd be a really good place for me to start. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So really to start my story, it kind of has to go back to when I was born. I was premature. And the moment I was born, I was rushed off to an incubator and my mum was very ill and she was rushed off to emergency care. So my mum didn't actually get to see me until I was a week old. And I was fed by tubes down my nose. So I didn't get all that normal nourishing and holding that newborn babies get. And it must have been a pretty unpleasant experience because they put mittens on my on my hands to stop me from pulling the tubes out. Anyway, wow. finally, when I was five weeks old, I reached five pounds and I, I left hospital. But I was a very, very anxious baby and I grew into a very, very anxious child. Then when I was seven, my family went to live in the Caribbean. And that was a really laid back lifestyle. We spent the weekends on the beach. The school was really, really small. I was in the same class as my sister, who's two years younger than me, because it was only two classes in the whole school. Uh And so it was a lot of, it was just this very free, relaxed lifestyle. And that all changed a few weeks after my 10th birthday, when I went to boarding school in England. And I think it was a complete culture shock to me. I moved from this very relaxed lifestyle to this very rigid run almost like a military style punitive type environment uh-huh. so we weren't allowed toys not even a teddy bear we weren't allowed photos not even a photo of our family no games no music no posters no plants nothing and i didn't see my family again for three and a half months until until the christmas holidays and this was in the days before emails or yeah, mobile yeah. phones so we had to write a letter home every week But we were told that the housemistress read our letters, so we couldn't exactly be very open. And by the time I was 12, my parents had moved to Holland, so I was able to fly home for the half-term holidays. And I wasn't an overweight child, but about a week, 10 days before the half-term, I decided I wanted to lose weight. And I pretty much stopped eating. I didn't know the first thing about food or nutrition. I just knew that I wanted to lose weight. If you'd asked me why, I couldn't even have told you. 
Mm. Anyway, so I flew back for half term and I'd lost a lot of weight. And of course, my parents noticed that I'd lost a lot of weight. But I didn't even know what to say. So I just said I didn't like the food at school. Yeah. But that half term, my poor body was half starved. I could not stop eating. Yeah, I bet. I, yeah, so I regained all the weight I'd lost and a bit more. And for the first time in my life, I felt overweight. And that was what led to years and years of disordered eating and eventually bulimia. And I really, really wanted to get this under control. And by this time, you know, I was working and it wasn't like other areas of my life weren't, lurk- weren't working. I had a very successful career. But I think like many women, it was just my eating that I couldn't get under control. But even though for me, it was quite extreme. Yeah. And so, so I, I really, really wanted to beat it. But the problem was I had to rely on huge amounts of willpower to eat healthily. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But in the main, I managed to eat fairly healthily for a couple of years. But the problem with relying on willpower is that you're always fighting against your body. Absolutely. So it's not really long-term. Yeah. And that's not a way to do it. And for anyone that's listening, actually, if you feel you've got no willpower, it's got nothing to do with lack of willpower. It really doesn't. I, I totally anyway, agree with so you I, 100%. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I mean, when your body is out of balance, it triggers those cravings. And sometimes those cravings are part of your body's survival instinct. So you're, you're destined to lose against willpower. Anyway, so I hit a particularly stressful time in my life and my eating went crazy again. And I started working with a clinical psychologist and my eating started to normalize and I started to take better care of myself and started to eat more healthily. And this carried on for several years. and I was absolutely fine. But the one problem I did have was I had terrible period pains. Mm-hmm. And I eventually went to see the doctors were saying uh, that an exploratory operation was the next step. Yeah. I really didn't I really didn't want to go down that route. And I went to see a nutritional therapist and she explained to me how the inflammatory mediators in my body were, were triggering those period pains and how I could use food to stop those inflammatory mediators from forming. And I went away and I changed my diet. And within, and within three years, sorry, three three years, three months, I never had a period pain again. So oh, that okay. was yeah, mm-hmm. so that was really dramatic for me. And that's what led me to go and study nutritional therapy. So then there's a kind of like another thread into how I got into weight loss because I was doing my nutritional therapy course. And as part of that, we saw clients in training clinic and that was all going really well until I had my first weight loss client and she came to see me and we put together a plan and she went away and she came back and she'd gained half a stone, seven pounds. She hadn't been able to follow the plan that we put together. So... You know, here was I, I'd left a really successful career in IT to do something more meaningful. I'd made this whole situation worse and I couldn't let it go. And my tutors didn't know what I could have done differently. And I wasn't able to see this client again because it was training clinic. And it was actually this that led into years and years of research as to why do we have cravings? What can we do about it? Why can it be so difficult to lose weight? Weight? Why when sometimes we do everything we feel we should be doing, we still don't lose the weight? And what I discovered is that when your body, your biochemistry is out of balance, it can trigger cravings. It can trigger you to store more fat. It can trigger you to overeat. It can trigger you to store belly fat. So unless you address this, which diets don't, then it's always going to be a struggle to lose weight. But when you start to address those root causes, when you start to bring your body back into balance and your cravings start to go, you stop giving your body the message to store fat, then it becomes so much easier to lose weight and to sustain it. And you, because you're bringing your body back into balance, you feel good, you feel healthy, you, you get your energy back. No, I love that you said that because I feel like 
bringing your body into balance is something that I don't think a lot of people really understand. You know, I think a lot of people understand what a craving is. You know, they know when they get one, right? They know that, wow, this is what I really want. And then they they start thinking, well, what's, you know, they might start thinking what's causing this, but I think they're more concerned about what can I do to fix it? And so for most people, that's, I have a craving, I'll just use this as an example. I have a craving for Chinese food, or I have a craving for a donut or for ice cream or whatever. And so the first reaction is, I'm going to go and do that, right? And so when we talk about bringing our body into balance, you know, let me just, let me, let me just back up for a second. When we talk about bringing our body into balance, what would you say is the first thing that we should do? Well, I think the first thing to do is to find out how your body is out of balance. Mm-hmm. Because for it, it could be hormonal imbalances like blood sugar imbalances. Mm-hmm. It could be female hormone imbalances. It could be that the, the hormones that control your appetite have become disrupted. It could be your gut bacteria are out of balance. It could be a number of different things that could be triggering your cravings. So depending on what's triggering your cravings, you might want to take a slightly different approach to actually rebalance your body. So yeah. again, it's very unique and depends on you as an individual. No, I agree with that. I agree with you completely on that. I think everybody is a little bit different and just, you know, it's not a one size fits all or even one size fits four or five, right? Approach. I feel like it really does have to be tailor made to meet that person's individual needs. Um, Abs- go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so absolutely. Because not only do you, may you have, you might have different imbalances triggering your cravings from somebody else, but mm-hmm. one of you might be a meat eater. One of you might be vegan. One of you might have food intolerances or yeah. gluten-free. Yeah. So there is absolutely, as you say, no one size fits all approach that's going to work. Yeah. So when we talk about the problems then that, because I mean, look, and I can't speak to the UK, but I know in the United States, obesity is one of our biggest public health issues. Um, It's right along with, you know, cigarette smoking and being inactive and all of that. And with diabetes cases being on the rise in the US, for example, type two diabetes, which is more related to you know, what you weigh than than anything else, really. I mean, a lot of overweight people are also type 2 diabetic, and it's because their bodies are not able to metabolize energy correctly. So when we talk about being in balance, I'm just wondering, I'd love to get your thoughts as a, as a nutritional therapist on what the connection is with, say, obesity and type 2 diabetes. Oh, when your body is out of balance, so for example, if you become insulin resistant, mm-hmm then that's a form of imbalances because your blood sugar levels have been imbalanced for too long. So you become insulin resistant. Yeah. And then your body is that, that, those high, you have to release high levels of insulin to have the yeah. same effect on your body. And those high levels of insulin give your body the message to store fat. Well, and all of those are connected to what I was just saying. It's like an, an imbalance in our body can lead to us developing diabetes, right? Because we develop diabetes because our body is not able to either number one, produce insulin and produce it in a way that works, you know, consistently, or we're not able to use insulin for its intended purpose, right? So, you know, our metabolism as a result is is effective, which directly affects what we weigh, which affects our energy, et cetera, et cetera. So you're really creating kind of a feedback loop here. Absolutely. And all of these different, no system in your body works in isolation. They're yes. all interrelated. Yes. So let's, let's say, for example, in one of the really big things I'm seeing in people at the moment is stress levels. Yes. And people's stress levels are really high. Now, 
stress affects your blood sugar levels. It makes it harder to balance your blood sugar levels because when your blood sugar levels drop, one of the things your body does besides making you crave sugary foods or carbs is it releases stress hormones to push your blood sugar up. Mm-hmm. But stress in itself, I mean, our bodies are brilliantly designed to cope with stress if we're going to be yes. that saber-toothed tiger or we're going to have a, a quick, short stress that requires a physical response. Yeah, well, we're we're programmed, too, to survive. You know, that's that's the number one thing that we're programmed to do is survive. Yes, and of course, but the modern-day stresses, then they, they're not short-term and they don't require a physical response. I mean, when was the last time you got stressed and it was appropriate to punch your boss or run away from him or whoever the stress was yes. with? Mm-hmm. So what, yeah. what happens is we still release high levels of cortisol. That's that stress hormone. But what cortisol does, it makes us store fat around our belly because it's your body's still on stress alert mm-hmm. and your liver can quickly convert that fat back to energy if another stressful situation to provi- arises to provide that, that energy boost to right, fight or right. run away. Right. And, and it also thinks that you've used up a lot of energy. So what it does is it increases your appetite, particularly for high sugar, high fat foods to refuel. Mm-hmm. So if you've got this cortisol, this survival stress hormone telling you eat high sugar, high fat foods, that's going to take an awful lot of willpower to resist it. Totally. Because you're and not really realistic for a lot of people, if we're being honest. It's not realistic. And then, but the problem is that people feel shame about it. They feel yes. they've given up, you know, they feel really bad. And it leads people into this whole downward shame spiral. And it's so important to get out of that. Yes. No, I agree with you. And I'm I'm glad that this the stress angle is coming up here because I really believe this is really at the culprit of so many of the health problems that we're seeing today. I know I see this a lot in my day-to-day work with clients and in conversations that I'm having with people, is that you know, is that stress is really at the root as could could really be considered a root cause, but let's be clear, stress is a reaction. Okay. I mean, there's not, you can't just go out in the store and buy stress in in a box, right? It's stress is something is our reaction to something. So I think really what's at the heart of a lot, we can really make the argument that what's at the heart of a lot of what we're discussing is number one, what we're choosing to think and believe about ourselves and about what we can do, right? And number two, what's possible for us to really achieve? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So so as a nutritional therapist, then talk to me a little bit about how you work in stress management with your approach to how to best fuel your body and to best, you know, to use your words, keep ourselves in balance. Okay. So maybe I can illustrate with the story of a client of mine. Okay. She was she was an ex semi professional athlete, so she'd never had a weight problem in her life before. Um, but what she was finding now, she was approaching menopause. Uh, she was very stressed, and all the things that she used to do to lose weight no longer worked for her. Mm-hmm. So what I said to her, it's really important to start focusing on health and small steps to bring your body back into balance and to address yes. your stress. And If you focus on weight, then it's very much a win-lose situation. But by focusing on health and those small steps, it helps it helps people to make those changes. And what she started to realize was she she knew she was stressed, but she didn't realize quite how stressed she was because she'd become so used to that stress. Yes. In the in a way, the first step was really just kind of acknowledging just how stressed she was. And there were certain things that we were doing. So we were looking at balancing her blood sugar levels because that helps with your stress levels. 
we were looking at one of the things we did was pausing before she ate so she could do a few breathing exercises. And there are a lot of breathing exercises out there. But what they do is they really calm your nervous system down. Yes. She was just spending, you know, she was very busy, but just spending a couple of minutes before she ate doing some really simple breathing exercises helped her to calm her system down, which also helped her to eat less. She saw exercise as she'd always been, you know, very highly active, obviously. But all the exercise she did was it was very, very intense exercise. Yes. And she realized that actually, and but then she would hurt the next day as well. Her body would ache the next day. Mm-hmm. Right. And what she realized was that actually for her, exercise was also her way to relax. So it yes. didn't have to be intense all the time. Yeah. So she still went to the gym because she loved going to the gym. But what she'd do was she wouldn't work out quite so hard there. Or sometimes she would go for a walk instead. So there's a number of different things, but it's really important to start to um, address your stress. No, I'm so glad that we're, we're, we're talking about this because I think this is something that just gets glossed over and, you know, in a lot of different approaches, whether it be, you know, the keto diet or intermittent fasting or whatever other popular eating plan is what somebody's talking about. And then on the fitness side of it, you've got I don't even want to tell you how many different approaches out there. You just have to open your social media for just a few minutes a day and you're bombarded, right, with different things. So I love that That really what I'm hearing you say is these are daily simple habits that when we learn to embrace these as part of our routine and part of how we do us, not only are we able to manage our stress better, but in turn, it not only helps us get our body back in balance, but helps us be able to eat in a way that really serves us. Yes. I mean, taking away the stress is a really big thing that you can do to help yourself start to lose weight. Yeah. And also looking after yourself, because so often when we try to lose weight, we don't look after ourselves very well. We feel we've got to stick to a set plan. And if we don't- Which causes more stress, if I'm being Causes more stress and we fall off it and then we beat ourselves up. And one of the most touching bits of feedback I had from a client was when she said one of the things she'd most got out of the program was the feeling of loving to take care of herself rather than it being another burden on a huge to-do list. So I've got a cool invitation for you. Ever since the pandemic turned the health and fitness and wellness industry on its collective head, what I'm feeling called to do now is to help health and fitness entrepreneurs build and innovate and grow in their businesses. And I've opened up a brand new community on Facebook and I would love for you to come over and join me there. So if you are a business owner, if you are working on a brand new idea, if you're developing a new product, or if you're feeling called to serve at a higher level within the health and fitness and wellness space in the collective, I want to invite you to come over and join me there. Join me over in my Innovate and Grow for fitness and wellness professionals in the coaching space on Facebook. I would love to have you there. We've got lots of really fun things going on in there. I've got my weekly live show that I do every Wednesday at noon where I give away real informative business tips, the real stuff, folks. This isn't just some cheesy sales strategy. Come over and join me and innovate and grow for fitness and health wellness entrepreneurs on Facebook so that you don't miss any of the action. I will see you there. Well, and I also think too that when we learn to focus on things that we enjoy, And when we find, we learn to find happiness and contentment and joy in doing that, because look, our body is the vessel through which not only we can live the best possible life for ourselves, but it allows us to fulfill what our purpose is. 
And everybody on this planet has been designated with a specific purpose. You know, most of us don't know what that purpose is, or at least a lot of people don't. And a lot of people never figure that out. But my point is, is that when we learn to embrace, number one, accept ourselves, all admit all the imperfections, right? And that we learn to embrace the little things in day-to-day life, that that goes a long way to helping us manage this, manage stress, which in the, you know, on the other side of that can help us manage all of these other problems that we're talking about too. It really does. And I love what you say about us having a higher purpose and everything's always got a purpose here. We do. Because actually, I I totally agree. But Mm -hmm. so many people, when you're so caught up in in obsessions about food or exercise, it's really hard to have the energy to free up to even realize what your purpose is. Yeah. But when you take that struggle away and you have more energy, you can you can do so much more. Everything is more in the flow. It becomes so much easier. Yeah. Well, and I just think that the way we are can the way we are, I don't want to I'm not quite sure the word that I'm looking for here, but I think the way we're conditioned to believe that we should live um, in and of itself causes a lot of stress because there's a lot of comparing going on. There's a lot of people that think they quote unquote should be at a certain place by a certain age in their life. And, you know, you and I were talking about this before we got on the air, that it's not necessarily a linear thing, right? That, you know, we, it really sometimes is just a case of trial and error, but I think one of the best things that we can do for ourselves and in turn, this helps us reap the benefits of being able to feed ourselves in a way that serves us and, you know, to keep our bodies in balance, right? Is to just, you know, learn to accept ourselves with all of our imperfections and just view it as kind of this ongoing journey. Of course. And so many people, they were so hard on their bodies. You know, yes. people say, oh, I, you know, I was at the playground once when my children were little and there was a group of mums there and they mm-hmm. were complaining about their bodies and about their belly fat. And I'm like, that that belly of yours has just given birth to this beautiful baby. You yeah. know, it's not going to be the same as it was pre-having children. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, there's a lot of pressure to, because we feel like we should be a certain way. And anytime you use the word should, it's like, there's always some shame involved, right? It's like, I have a friend who says, well, you don't should all over yourself, right? I like that. I mean, I think the language might actually be better. Our, our whole lives might be better if the word should didn't exist. Uh Uh-huh. I agree. Totally. So real quick, I'm just curious. I always like to ask my guests this when we're in a conversation loop, like what we're talking about. What do you, why do you really think so many people struggle with um, whether it be keeping our bodies in balance, eating in a way that really serves us or, you know, keeping a, a realistic hold on how we manage our stress? Why do you think so many people struggle? I think once you start to get out of balance, which is very, very easy in our modern lives, it becomes very easy to keep perpetuating those imbalances. And the more out of balance you are, the harder it is to to do everything. It is harder it is to manage your stress, the harder it is to eat healthily. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that, the really good news is that when you start to bring your body back into balance, when you start to reduce your stress, wherever it is you start from, everything has a knock-on effect. So everything becomes so much easier. So, for example, um, we're talking about cravings. If you have cravings, it's going to take a little while to bring your body back to balance. But the problem with cravings, so your your cravings aren't going to go overnight. But the problem with cravings is that we often reach for food that keep us stuck into that same old cycle of cravings. We reach for food that make the imbalances in our bodies worse. Yes. 
Mm -hmm. So it's really important to have a strategy to create small steps mm -hmm. so that when the cravings hit, either you don't reach for food or you reach for food that doesn't exacerbate the imbalances in your body yes. or you manage to cut, cut down the amount of food that you're eating that's, yeah. that's making those imbalances worse. Yeah. So I always work with people. And in fact, I run, um, I've got a free PDF, Master Your Cravings, which gives you five tips to um, to do when the cravings hit. To actually, mm -hmm. to actually stop you reaching for foods that keep you stuck in the craving cycle. Yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds awesome. So we'll have to we'll have to circle back to that in just a minute. You know, I really do think that. You know, I really just think that people. It's just like any new habit. I think you just have to give yourself a lot of grace in the beginning and just be patient with yourself and just accept that it might be a little bit of a rocky road at the beginning. But this is where having support and having some accountability. And having, you know, a set of tools that you can easily, you know, I don't want to say easily implement because I really do think change, change is difficult for human beings in general. I mean, we're just programmed to keep going and doing the same things that to your point, it's just easier to keep going down the rabbit hole than to get out. Right. But, but I also think that we just have to consistently remind ourselves and it just keeps, I keep coming back to the same thing here. And that is to just really focus on the daily habits and keep them as simple and actionable for yourself as possible. I mean, change is difficult, yeah, but it becomes so, so much easier yeah. when you make one small change at a time yeah. and you make that change a change that's going to work for you. Yes. So yes. don't do an Agreed. enormous change at once. Choose it. You know, for some people, they might be able to make one big, one big leap, two big leaps at once in one area because it's not such a tough change for them but for other people they may need to break that down into smaller steps yeah so again it's really about finding what works for you yes can i tell you a story sure absolutely i watched it this is really about the importance of the mindset when it comes to change i watched this documentary in the uk and they took two groups of dieters and on this one particular day they gave them a cake they gave each group an identical cake and they told one group that the cake was low calorie and healthy and the other group they didn't say anything and both groups ate the cake but what was really interesting is that the group that was told it was healthy and low calorie carried on eating healthily for the rest of the day the huh. other group felt they'd blown their diet so they may as well go out and have fish and chips and a glass of wine that evening and because they felt they'd blown it they may as well carry on blowing it and start again tomorrow next week whenever wow that's interesting so what know, so what happened so really, it's just that so one group, it, it didn't blow their diet, the other it did. So uh -huh. really, it's just to show that if you focus on health and making small changes that towards getting the balance of what you eat towards more healthy foods, then it takes away this whole win-lose situation. So you feel, okay, so I had a piece of cake. I'll make sure I eat an extra healthy dinner tonight. Rather than, oh, well, I had that piece of cake. I've blown it. I'm going to go and have fish and chips and pizza tonight. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation with people in one form or another. Well, I've already like, you know, done this, so I might as well just start tomorrow. And that's that all or nothing mentality, which I don't think ever serves anybody. And, um, you know, I'm not saying I've never fallen into that trap because I have, but the older I get, the more I realize that it's, it's, you got to, you got to focus on the daily steps and the, and celebrate the wins every single day too, because that keeps you in a much higher energy space. It does. I mean, I've been in that all or nothing mindset yeah. for a long, long time. A lot of people and honestly, have. it is a huge way of self-sabotaging. It really yeah. is. Yeah. 
Well, and I'll just I'll just throw uh, since we're telling stories, I'll just throw a fitness example here at you. So, you know, when I'm starting with a brand new client or somebody who's maybe, you know, been pretty routine about, you know, being active and then just been out of it for a while and they're kind of getting back in. One of the biggest things that I try to encourage people to do at the beginning is let's focus on how you're feeling. You know, let's not focus on trying to get, you know, four or five sessions in one week and walking and drinking more water and all the things that you do when you're starting to go to the gym more regularly, right? But typically what I find is, is that if we can focus on a couple of habits right right out of the gate, and for me, when I'm working with a new client, it's a consistent schedule and just flat out daily activity. It could be running, walking, just simply getting up more from your desk during the day, focusing on the activities that you're already doing during the day. And look, we all do what I like to call functional exercises every day to live. We squat, we twist, we push, we pull. These are all things that we're already doing. So this isn't something brand new. But what I find when I'm talking with people in the beginning is let's focus on how you're feeling because when you do that, when you stick with that, even for a short period of time, you not only find that you feel better, but you have more energy. And if you have more energy, you're going to be more inspired, okay, to be able to continue to, to kind of get in the headspace that, wow, this is something that I can really do. So I know this was something that you brought up, you know, a few minutes ago where we want to get some momentum going, right? So if we focus on these small things at the beginning, that what we're creating literally is energy that we can use for the long term. Yes. And I find with some of my clients that, so whilst they often join me with the focus of losing weight, yeah. when we move the focus onto health, yeah. because if, you're, if your focus is losing weight at yeah. the end of the week or whatever period you're using, you weigh yourself and the needle hasn't moved, then you mm-hmm. feel completely demoralized. But when you focus on the health, then you start to notice. I mean, one client, my client who was the ex-professional athlete, for example, some wow. of my clients lose weight quickly. She didn't. But what she not she didn't start to lose weight for a couple of months. But what uh-huh. she found was she was really motivated to keep going because her energy levels improved. She yep. ate less after exercise. Yep. Her brain felt clearer. She just felt less stressed, more able to deal with her everyday life. Yeah. And that in and of itself pays dividends down the road because that sets the precedent for you to be able to move on to the next habit and the next habit and the next habit. And then it it all becomes a matter of, wow, look at everything that I'm able to do because of this one thing, right? And before you know it, those little habits have added up and you've actually got a complete lifestyle change, but it doesn't feel like you've done that much. I know. And sometimes I say to people, but look back, look back to where you came from. You've changed hugely and they don't even realize because each one's been a very small change. Yes. No. And I just, I just don't think that we can say this enough. I feel like this is something that people talk about kind of in passing, but I really do think that when you're wanting to implement a pretty significant change in your life, you know, particularly when it comes to your health or your fitness or how you eat or any of that, that it really does come down to what you're doing every day. And you just have to really strap yourself in and own every single bit of it. Yeah. And I think what you were saying about getting more in touch with our bodies and our feeling is so important. Yeah. I mean, our bodies know what we need. And people say to me, but if my body knows what I need, why am I craving sugar? Because she goes, you know, not really good for me. Now your body does know what it needs, but the problem is it's become out of balance. And Mm -hmm. so it's craving sugar because that sugar is its way of trying to bring itself back into balance. Right. 
doesn't know it doesn't know that these days we've got refined sugars chocolate bars you only have to go out of the house and go down to the local shop or you know anywhere to pick up a chocolate bar yeah totally yeah they're just you know it it, it's craving sugar because it wants something quickly too you know and the more we give our bodies what it what it really wants the more feedback we're going to get and the the easier it's going to be just to stay in that repeat loop i have a a couple clients i'm working with right now where that's that's a, a consistent issue it seems like but it really does come down to you know just consistently allowing yourself to you know, really kind of call yourself out to why am I thinking and believing this right now? And is that really true? Yeah. And the more you start to tune into your body, the more you actually, and you're the more your body comes into balance, the more that you're interested in nourishing foods and the less you're interested in the junk foods, they just yes. don't hold the same appeal anymore. Absolutely. Could not agree more. So such, such great information here. So many golden nuggets for people listening to, to walk away with. I know there are people out there listening that have probably tried everything that we've talked about and then some, and they're probably sitting there thinking, you know, if I could only get started today, if I could only move myself in the direction today and get some momentum, I know that I could do this. What do you say to that person? Well, I think if you want to just take one action from this, I would say, look at your stress levels and start to find ways of relaxing and actually pausing your body. And actually pausing before, if you're very stressed, pause and do a few deep breaths before you eat to calm yourself down. Mm-hmm. I've actually had a guest not a, a few weeks ago, and she said the exact same thing. She said, if you give yourself some time to really properly breathe, especially the deep breathing, that what that does is that sends a signal in your body that really kind of slows down that nervous system reaction. So I think that's just that's such an important piece of advice, but I just think it's something that, you know, hopefully we'll just we'll land for somebody in maybe a different way today. Yeah. And if people have struggled, I mean, I've been there, I've struggled, I've tried everything and nothing's worked for me. But what I would say is if you're craving foods, if you're struggling to lose weight, there is a reason mm-hmm. and you just haven't found it yet. Yeah. Yeah. So keep yourself open that the solution is around the corner. Yeah. And I mean, actually in my book, in the first part of my book, as you go through each chapter, it explains how one imbalance can block your weight loss, whether it triggers cravings, whether it triggers overeating, whether it triggers belly fat. Then there's a questionnaire and that will tell you whether you have that imbalance. Yes. So then yes. you know exactly what's blocking your weight loss. loss. Yeah. And then part two of the book takes you through a step-by-step process and you tailor each step to the imbalances in your body and your dietary preferences so that you create a way of eating that works for you long term, that sets up the conditions in your body for health and sustainable weight loss. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. It's just, it it just, it, sa- it sounds like something that's not only really simple, but super manageable the way you outline it, which is so key, I think, for anyone out there that's wanting to seriously make a change. Where can people find you, Dawn? Well, people can find me on my website, which is dawncookow.com. Okay. Or they can find me on Instagram at cookowdawn. Okay. And I'm on Facebook, which is Dawn Cookout dot the body effect. The body effect is the name of my book, which is also on Amazon if you just type in the body effect. The body effect. Okay. And that then you said that is on Amazon. Yes. All right. Fantastic. And you mentioned you had a freebie, you had a five step something or other. What was that again? Yes. I I if you go to go.dawncookout.com slash cravings, you can get a free PDF there. And that will give you five tips that you can implement straight away when you have cravings. 
Five tips. Awesome. Very good. Thank you so much for making time to talk to me today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I've loved chatting to you, Alison. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and folks out there listening, if you want to connect with Dawn, you'll find all of her links in the show notes. You'll find her website. You can get your hands on that five-step freebie at dawncocal.com backslash, um, or excuse me, forward slash cravings. And if you want to get your hands on her book that is on Amazon, you will find the link to that as well. So please, if any of what we've talked about today is really landing with you, resonating with you, hopefully in a different way, do not hesitate to reach out and connect with Dawn, or you're welcome to send me a message as well. You can go to my website at www.theallisonk.com and just write to me directly from there. Or you can just send me a note at allison at theallisonk.com. I do answer all of my emails I might, nobody on my team does that. I still write all of my emails. So I always love hearing from you, particularly like if you really think that someone in your world needs to hear what we talked about today, please feel free to share the link to this episode with them as a free gift from me. And just know that I just want everyone out there to know that you're never alone, that you're never alone, that you've always got umpty ump resources available at your fingertips. You've got a world full of experts that are ready to help you. Just know that it is changes possible for you today. And before I go, as always, thank you for all of your support of me, of my message, of what we're trying to do with the ultimate journey of self-care and with our new show, Creating the World's Most Amazing Client Experiences. You can find the links to both of our shows on my website at, again, www.theallisonk.com. We're heard all over the world. And every week, more and more people are able to find out about what we're doing. And we're that just means we're able to help more people. And that's really my goal with staying on the air. So this is Allison Katzkowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You're one step closer to living your ultimate life. So make it a good one. 